0: So I'm on Facebook, um, more often than I, I'd like to be, but it's interesting some of the discussions. I, I'm, I'm now in various debating uh, groups, uh, mostly atheist versus Christian or vas- atheist versus God believer, that sort of thing. Why? Because I'm writing a book on atheism, as you know, and I really enjoy the process. It's very intellectually stimulating, and it to some extent it, it It talks and explores my own conversion from being an atheist to uh, to being a believer, and it's a lot of fun to talk about. But the Facebook discussions are really interesting because I I see these people making these arguments, all of which I had made before when I was 11 years old. Okay, and mind you, don't don't take that as a uh, you know, self-patting on the back or anything else like that, as if somehow I was brilliant because I, I was an atheist uh, back when I was 11 and made arguments uh, for atheism when I was 11. Don't be impressed. In fact, uh, it, it's nothing. It's, it's, it, it, if anything, it reflects that atheism is a childish ideology because atheism does not require any maturity. In, in fact, to believe in God, that is where the maturity comes in. And I began to realize that, because you have to look at these things. Uh, You have to look at what's around you and then figure out that there's a God. It it takes a little bit of of deduction, right? Uh, And just like, I don't know, you you figure that the wind is blowing um, because the trees are moving, right? You you make that deduction. But but from a child's point of view, when he sees a tree moving, a three-year-old, let's say, and he's indoors, and he sees a tree on the outside moving, he thinks the tree is moving by itself, right? But we know by experience that the wind is pushing the tree, right? You with me on this? Okay. And, and that takes experience and some wisdom. And eventually you realize okay, there must be a God because there's so many, there's too many complicated factors involved. And it's not suitable, it's not an acceptable answer to say, well, there'll be an answer to God, uh, to, to all these things that we don't know one day. It's not a, not a good answer. You, you can't, if you can't explain free will, right, which is the ultimate reason why I became a believer, you can't explain free will, and don't tell me that science will one day kind of come down with some sort of incredible biological explanation for this that happened randomly. Uh, you know, you won't be able to convince me, because it just makes no sense. You, you cannot have free will in the truest sense of the word. By definition, free, free will means, means that it comes from nowhere. Um, or, or at least from God, from, from our perspective. It comes from something that designs you. Anyway, so I, I'm, I'm really interested in all this approach. And I, I, as I'm discussing this, I'm beginning to realize, you know, it's, it's really interesting to talk about my own journey, especially since I'm writing my book. And it's, the book is, uh, is going to be completed in a couple of months uh, called Atheism Kills. And it's about the dangers of atheism, one of the many reasons why one needs to Consider not pursuing atheism because atheism is truly a dangerous enterprise all right um, all right, so I was eleven years old, came to the extraordinary conclusion that because I could not hear see, or feel God, that therefore he could not could not possibly exist prove to me that God exists you know I was one of those guys and um, and I was able to laugh at all the crazy things that people believe in. Particularly the so-called miracles of the Red Sea parting, that Noah would have a ship full of all the animals, and you know what you know the practicalities associated with that, Adam and Eve, um, and then of course going on with the Christian stuff, which is even more fanciful and such. So this is the way I, I, I thought, and uh, you know it, it's it was you know I, I thought I was being very intelligent about the process, and um, it, it was I dismissed anybody who believed in God, just dismiss them because they're they're, they're crazy. Um, I convinced myself that, look, it's a comfort thing. It makes them feel better. They're afraid of dying. And this makes them believe that there's something after they they die. And isn't that so great for them? We atheists, by contrast, I told myself, we're much more brave. We're realistic, you see. And we uh, understand that that we're going to be warm food at the end of the day And our job is to make life right now As good as it can possibly be And not to, to engage in this belief That uh, some magical fairy is, is in charge of everything And, and that's irresponsible And uh, not only that But people who do believe in God Are inherently irresponsible Because all they care about is the hereafter Not about the here and now I, the atheist, I believe in the here and now Okay, this, is, this is the way the atheist thinks. They also, their pat answer for every time you pose a challenge to them to explain something. Look, like How do you explain humor? How do you explain free will, beauty, uh, the sense of the past and the present, and the sense of, uh, of a future? That they'll always say that, well, we can't explain it now, but one day science will explain it. It's, it's, a, it's a cop-out. It's not a good answer to say nothing of the probabilities of life happening um, randomly, that, that, that we even have a universe at all, with anything in it at all. Um, and the Big Bang, we now know that in order to have the universe as it is presently constituted, it would ha- it, it, the chances of it being the way it is, is one out of a quintillion and quintillion. It's so obscene, the number. One uh, scientist, Phrased it, and this is not a biological, uh, sorry, not a biblical scientist, not one of these people. Uh, well, you know, somebody from these uh, Nova types, type shows said she held, she, went, she was on the beach and she said, What are the chances? She held up one grain of sand and she said, It's the same as one grain of sand compared to all the sand on this beach. And then she corrected herself, No, all the sand in all the beaches in all the world. Okay, that's the chances of this happening. But then you say, well, okay, yeah, that's amazing, but it happened. Okay, well, then, then on top of that, you have to also now employ the same probability that life happened randomly at all. Not, not intelligent life. We're not even there yet. And then the probability of that. And then the probability, which is so infinitesimally small. And then you have to multiply those two fractions, right? And then the probability of, of that life um, re- being able to reproduce itself. You know, who's, who says that life automatically has to have uh, the ability to reproduce itself, right? If it's, if it's such a random thing, wh- why would it also have the ability to reproduce itself? So that's a fraction that you have to multiply with. And, of course, as you multiply fractions, the, fraction, the total fraction gets smaller, right, by definition. And then, of course, that it mutates, that it evolves, uh, and then, of course, that it evolves to such a fanciful uh, creature known as a human being with all its free will and beauty and everything else. And, and it, it, there's just too many crazy things that are involved. You would have to, you, you'd really have to believe in fantasy to not understand that there's some sort of design here. Now, whether that designer is the same designer, the same, the God of the Bible, that's another question. I, I understand that. Separate those two out. First, accept that there's a designer. Then we can argue whether or not that's the same God as the God in the Bible. I think it is, but that's another story. So I, I come to this conclusion just from the math of it. And free, free will really got to me because it, it, it became clear that there's no way that we have free will without somebody, some designer giving it to us. So there are ahead. And one day I found myself telling my friends, I believe in God. And it was thanks to, in some part, you know, I would say about 25%, to some good Christian friends that I had on the Stanford campus who were always very gentle and very, you know, encouraging, listening, listening to my debates and everything else. But I found myself being swayed by their calm attitude. And, and they were very intelligent, these guys. Now, I don't believe that Jesus was the Son of God. Okay. But their focus was on God itself. And I, and I really loved that. And so we got to Connect and we became friends And I I began to see that they were not demons Part of the thing about it being an atheist Is that you view Christians In particular as demons That they are trying to control you That they are trying to force you into their way of thinking And therefore subject you To all their social mores and such And I, I realized I was I was portraying them in a very cartoonish way I was wrong Just from that alone Which made it easier for them to announce to them Hey you know what I think I believe in God and they were thrilled, of course. And at the end of the day, you know, it, it was a completely different eye-opening experience. And I began to believe, you know you know how sometimes, Ari, you, you, you're looking for your keys. And you're looking and you're looking and you're looking and you can't find them. And then all of a sudden you notice that they, they've been in your hand all along, right? That's the way it is with God, right? You, you will look and look and look, and then one day you'll realize he's been right with you all this time. And it was just, that close and that obvious to you. You just chose not to see it. That's where we are. And the debate goes on um, and why, why there is a God, why there's not. And, and, and the focus, what I'd like to, to do today, the main reason why I have this podcast today is to understand the dangers of atheism. Okay, it's, it's cute and well to not believe in God. You, you, that's fine. You can do whatever you want. This is a free country after all. But the dangers are, are quite palpable. And the reason why I wrote my book, it's not to prove that God exists, although there is a chapter about that in terms of the probabilities and everything else, but the dangers of a world without God. And among those dangers is that a world without God is an empty world. There is no, there's no purpose. There's no truth. I just finished the chapter on Truth, it's called truth, justice, and then there's the atheist way, right? And it's, and it's really true. Uh, there is no need for truth or justice in the world with atheism. Why, why do you care about truth? It's meaningful, you know, that if you ever read the book 1984, George Orwell, right? That the, 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 the notion of truth is what the government tells you is the truth. They don't even use that word. They just tell you what is. This is what you're supposed to believe, and this is what you're going to be taught, and this is what the teachers will teach you, and this is what the students are to to, uh, incorporate into into the belief system. And uh, so truth, it doesn't matter. And yet, we know from our own world that truth means everything, right? If if you're a Christian or a devout Jew, you know that truth, with a capital T, is so critical to you. But guess what? The atheist doesn't give a crap about truth. Never really did. I mean, they may objectively, they may you know pay lip service to it. But if you ask them, what is it about your atheism that compels you toward truth? They won't be able to answer that question. They don't care about truth. They may, again, care about it independently because they feel it's necessary in order to advance society. And then you ask them, okay, why do you want, want to advance society at all? Why is, why, why is civilization important to you? Why do you care... Well, I want it for my legacy, you know, for, to have kids. Why do you have kids? But wh- why do you care about a legacy? If you're nothing, if this is all nothing, if we're just but, but a speck in the universe, then why would you care about any of those things, truth, justice, or any legacy for the future? I, I, anyway, it's, it's emblematic. I read a lot of uh, old-timey Westerns, for example. And you know one of the things that comes out a lot is a man's word is a bond, his bond, right? You, you, you hear this a lot. And it's, you just don't hear that as much any anymore. It's everything has to be written in contract. They don't shake hands. Um, if it wasn't specifically stated in the contract, well, then it's not enforceable. Um, and I say this as a lawyer, I'm, I'm seeing this a lot. People just don't honor these things as, as they used to. Uh, of course, it's not, hundred percent like that. I'm simply saying that it's just not a, it, it seems so, so quaint to talk about your word as your bond. You see what I'm saying? And the reason why I think Ari is that, that godlessness has entered into the equation.
1: Well, it's so funny. You just said that, that particular thing, because I was, I was driving here um, to work with you today. Uh, you know, you were on my mind. Because I'm going, okay, I'm going to see Barack today. I'm on my way there. And, of course, what you do as a profession became somewhat present in my mind because I was thinking about you. And I was thinking about the legal system. And although you don't practice criminal law, a thought went through my head. And this is also the serendipitous nature of God. Why you think what you think out of nowhere at such and such a time. And is it accidental? Or is there a destinal reason for this? And what crossed my mind is the notion of the system, and how often we hear critics of the system, the American legal justice system, pertaining usually to criminal law, say something along the lines of, the system is broken, it just doesn't work. This or that went wrong, why do we do this system? And I was thinking of, the, the realities of the system and why we have this system of constitutional protections to protect a free state and the citizens of a free state. And then it occurred to me the, the dumb moment, the romper room level moment of conservatives. Or if you take a page of Rush Limbaugh, rather than being the um, Center for Advanced Conservative Studies, the Center for Remedial Conservative Studies or Unadvanced Conservative Studies, I the basic it. conservative yep. studies. Mm-hmm. And the, the notion is obvious. A system that protects... A free people can only function if the free people have a reason to act virtuous. Oh, yep, and if right. people lose their reason to act virtuous, i.e. their connection with their creator, well, what reason do they have not to then abuse the system? Right. What reason then does the system... Under assault from something that acts as critical theory, crime running out of control, not overrun the system and destroy the the basic functional organs of Mm -hmm. such a system.
0: Right, which leads to. And that
1: leads to exactly what you're talking about. That's
0: right, that's right. It's interesting, I I often wonder how the atheist uh, slash. uh, progressive because they they often go hand in hand it's really quite remarkable it's not 100% yeah you think well it's not <laughs> right. 100% correlation but yeah. but there is a very strong correlation i would say the correlation is about easily 90% uh, you you'll find you know devout believers who are also believers uh, also a liberal or progressive i should say but it's, it's a good bet. If you wanted to go to Las Vegas and bet on it, uh, I would say that, no, they're not, they're not going to be uh, progressives. Right, uh, d- and you
1: far fewer conservatives who are godless. Uh,
0: there you go. So, and, and there's a correlation there as well. He, here's the thing. How does, the, how does the, the, the person who is godless, how does he perceive rules and laws? And how does somebody who does uh, have God as a, as a central part of his life, how does he view the same series of laws in our civilization? And, and I can tell you because I've been on both sides, it's really quite fun. As a conservative, I'll start there, as, not as, as, a, as someone who's embracing God. Okay, now let's, let's I'll start off with the law, because it's more basic. I'll start off with the, per, the, the person who does not have God in his life. He views all these laws that we have, whether it's the speed limit or you shouldn't murder and shouldn't steal and all those things, you know, you, and there, you, you have to disclose certain information if you own more than 5% of stock and all, all that garbage that we have out there that we collectively call uh, laws and regulations. He views all of that stuff as merely a system to... Make sure that we don't have mayhem. OK, that's that's his main view of laws and regulations. That's designed for us not to kill each other, because if you do kill each other and do steal from each other, well, then, you know, you're going to be arrested and you wouldn't like that. And not only that, but we, we want this as a, as a society and um, because otherwise, you know, we, we just can't, you know, have safety and security. That's how they view it. That cons- the, the, the one with God in his life Views things quite differently You know how he views it? He views these ra- laws and regulations When they are done correctly, of course Not just random stuff like Whether or not a transgender person can go to A, a woman's bathroom because he, he Feels like a woman that moment No, no, I'm talking, no, about, we're
1: talking about Stop signs, at four-way stops. stop Stop
0: signs, we're talking about being able to protect Your uh, creative uh, patent idea, for example uh, Talking about enforcing contracts uh, uh, and speed limits to some extent The reason why is because We want to advance as a society That's how we do it Laws and regulations are there When done right Are designed to advance our civilization To become closer to God There is no other purpose my friend None Because it's, it, it, if you think it's if for some other reason What's our, our, collective, we're our collective mission Right I mean imagine that we're on some sort of huge cruise Right What's the point of this cruise is it to get to point from point A to point B, which I th- would, would hope would be the case, or is it a cruise just to kind of go around the the Atlantic and just make kind of... Make you
1: a bunch of U-turns. Yeah, make a yeah. bunch
0: of U-turns and eat a lot of food and, and you know, get drunk every once in a while and, and sleep around a lot with, you know, this or that woman that you happen to, you know... To shag up Where with.
1: Where can I get a ticket
0: for that? <laughs> That's right. Well, <laughs> if you stay on.
1: <laughs> I promise I'll pray every night. <laughs> Enter the
0: promo, Brock Lurie podcast.
1: This is the Brock Lurie listener. <laughs> <cruise>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but no, you can't get. This is a hypothetical situation, all right? right. All right. So the point is what is the mission? What kind of cruise are we on? Right? Are we going from point A to point B? And, and, and if so, what is the B that we're looking for? What, what does it look like? And I, and I think and it, is it a question of better air conditioners, more computer power? Is it a question of fancier cars, safer cars maybe? Um, I don't know. Uh, more TV channels, um, more interesting music, uh, more you know cheap music, more downloadable issues. What what is it that you see? More,
1: more stealable music. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I guess so too. More more freebies one way or the other. Right. More more Tinder type apps, right? Uh, dating sites and, you know, and such like that. W- what is the goal? What's the big picture? Where are we going? What is the, 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 the land that you want to call be? And I think you put it to most godless people, they, they would have no idea. The, the, the question has not entered their mind. What is our collective mission? And it, maybe it should be. Because I'll tell you, the founding fathers, they had a collective mission. When they wrote that Constitution and the Declaration of Independence that preceded it, they, they had a mission. They, 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 their whole idea was, we are here for the glory of God. They didn't say so in the Constitution, necessarily, but they understood it. It was, all, it was part of the, the, the mother's milk. They, they understood, we are here to, to do God's will, whatever that will might be. How can we do best by God? And that was so obvious to them, they didn't even have to put it in the Constitution, per se. But these things about the, the notion that, that God cr- gave or the creator gave us certain inalienable rights and all that stuff, what do you think that was for? Why do we have that? If, 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 if all that we're looking for is just goodies and more convenience and more entertainment and more sex, okay, well, we don't need freedom, right? I mean, honestly, we, we don't need God for all those things. We don't. So just get rid of God, and you don't need freedom either. So all this stuff like the search and seizure uh, amendment, the Fourth Amendment, and the right to trial by jury, and the right to bear arms for that matter, and the right to free speech for that matter, all those things, they, they matter not. Thank you. Really, they're totally irrelevant. That's why none of those things matter in, in most of socialist Western Europe. They don't care about that crap.
1: Or to they, they, they that they, matter. They, they,
0: they think we're odd people for for focusing so much on that and the reason why is because they have no god that goes along with it
1: right as we see this terribly nefarious story in the news that's happening more frequently it appears more and more californians don't have a need for any of those things either yeah and like we've discussed on many of your episodes it seems like they're not thinking this one through. <laughs> That's
0: right. You can never accuse a, a, a progressive of thinking things through.
1: But can I address some of the things that you just said, which I think is so interesting? Um, I, I somewhat reject the notion that um, sex, nice cars, fast cars, faster women, loud music is useless. It, clearly, what the, the framers of the Constitution had in mind with a, achieving a, a, a human life that is closer to the glory of the god of God is a human lo- life filled with pleasure and joy yeah. that makes you want to then reproduce and give other human beings the opportunity to live a life filled with pleasure and joy. They certainly weren't looking forward to a future filled with toil and misery and ignorance.
0: I I, I agree, but
1: I, and but, I'm not saying those those a luxury car is a, a good or an evil in and of itself, but the the
0: fact that uh, it gives some
1: people pleasure. Uh, is not a bad thing.
0: No, no, pleasure pleasure is great. I mean, sex is great, too. Good food is great. I mean, a g- great water and all that stuff and great music and going to a great concert. Uh, it's wonderful. You and I went to uh, a Wilco concert, one of my favorite uh, bands out there. And it, what a pleasure that was. Of course, that's the stuff of life. But, you know, in and of itself, it's, it's, it's a little bit like, uh, and, and, you know, parents, if you have children watching, you can close, you know, cup their ears for the time being. It's a little bit like, uh, sex and uh, orgasms. Okay, so you can just go for the orgasm, right? You could do that. You can do that all day long. And I what's saw, wrong with that? <laughs> there's a lot of things wrong with that. Um, there, there was a movie I, I saw where they, it came out in 1999 or so, and it was about, actually, it was about the year 1999, in the futuristic year where you could put on a helmet uh, that looked like a helmet, and you could feel somebody else's remembered brainwaves and feelings. So you could, you could basically tap into somebody else's memory and, and all the feelings and, and sights and sounds that came with it. So naturally, as you might imagine, somebody would sell his sexual experience with this, this woman. And then any man, or woman for that matter, can enjoy the experience and thrill of having sex with this woman. right? And don't you know that this one man, he decided to splice the tape in such a way that all he needed to experience was the actual orgasm itself. And he kind of went into this kind of nowhere land. And you see him. I mean, he's fully clothed, but he's experiencing this orgasm. And and he's just kind of wasting his life. It's like, what's the point? The orgasm is there in order to, you know, impel you toward the notion of of reproducing and being responsible for the reproduction that you make. Not not vice versa. You know, you don't live to have the orgasm. Oh,
1: I say the shema prayer every time. <laughs> I, I repeat it. I think repeated.
0: this lesson is lost on Ari. <laughs> <laughs> he's a good man, folks I'm, I'm a flawed human being <laughs> But, but he's quite flawed, <laughs> I tell you <laughs> I, I have my weaknesses <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> All right but, the, but you get the point It's the same thing, uh, to, to use a non-sexual example Look, we enjoy desserts, right? Um, and you have a, a nice meal And you might have a, a tiny bit of ice cream at the end Just to kind of have that little kind of extra thrill of fun It might be a cappuccino, for, whatever Whatever floats your boat at the end of a meal, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you only had that, let's say, uh, a cappuccino for the entire uh, lunch or dinner, y- you'd, you'd be missing out. I mean, you're only going for that instantaneous thrill. You're, you're not putting substance into your body. You're not going to grow as a human being. In, well, fact, it, also, in, in fact, it'll hurt you quite a bit. And
1: also, forget all that, just from a, just an aesthetic point of view or a someratic point of view, Um the wine tastes better in combination with the steak.
0: Oh, you could the example. dessert
1: tastes better. After it follows the steak and the Bingo. potato, Bingo. The steak and potato. Why does he do keep on saying steak and potatoes? He knows, I know this, you're a this, vegan.
0: he knows he this is pisses uh, me excuse off.
1: Excuse me, as it's the steak and the potatoes cooked in duck fat, oh. and then the the salad with the bacon on it. Oh.
0: <laughs> to all my vegan friends, <laughs> I apologize.
1: A lot of our mutual friends right now are laughing because they know I'm <laughs> tormenting you. Yes,
0: yes, and you are. No, it's okay. Look, as as they say in French, "À chacun son goût," which means "to each their own taste." Right. Uh, so I, I'm not a proselytizer for veganism. I am vegan for my own health reasons. The fact that I'm not contributing to cruelty toward animals, I'm fine with that too. I'm I'm, I'm good with that. But listen, find your own way and enjoy your steaks and such like that. I can look at a steak yeah, and say that big looks good. Picture, but big big you get the picture idea. You're
1: making yeah. that's such an important point. Is this? Yeah. No matter how much pleasure you have in life, let's just say you enjoy rave clubs. if that's all you do, you're going, you're not even going to enjoy it as much if you don't balance it out with other that's things. Right. but more importantly, without God in your life centering you, giving you true perspective on these things, filling being the final cherry or the the main scoop of hot fudge on that Sunday, none of this stuff really matters none of it
0: absolutely not that's exactly right and, 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 and we, we cannot hold on. The, the founding fathers understood this. The, the centrality of God was so key for them.
1: Right, so and that every
0: founding father said the same thing, which is, this, this democracy experiment, it ain't going to work unless we're all devoutly appreciative of God being the center of this all.
1: Right, and then back to the question of why is that? Why does it uh, lead to God? Why is it important? Because the more, and you're comparing the, the earlier point about why rules and regulations exist, so we can all, in aggregate move closer to a place of pleasure and god and all those things yeah, yeah. as efficiently and as quickly as possible right from 1776 to 1969 those whatever that little uh you know less than 200 year period we went from the Revo- the american revolution to a man on the moon that is incredible efficiency and speed yeah. because of a virtuous free land where people were free to live their lives as they suffer rule themselves and be free to have a a profound connection to god and you and i are making the advocacy that in the post-moon landing years of of technological miracles where unfortunately because of the preeminence of science so many lose their connection to the organic living creator we're advocating for a connection a further connection to that organic living creator so we can go from today's technolo- technological place to whatever exists in the twenty third, 24th century. Exactly
0: right. And, and now we're talking about the truth and the justice issue, right? And, and it would be interesting, because I want to go to the other dangers of atheism. It would be interesting to see what if everyone in America had a devout sense of God? Everyone. Like, like they did back in the 50s and the 40s and preceding the 40s. I mean, it was, it was very unusual for uh, somebody to... Uh, not believe in God. Uh, now it's it's uh, such a large percentage that it's uh, you, you can't even assume that somebody that you're talking to is a Christian or a Jew or otherwise. You, you, he may very well be an atheist, or at the very least, or the very best, be agnostic. So that, that's a problem. But what if everyone believed the way that they used to in the 40s and 30s and, and before then? In terms of the way they believe in God. And let's not get wrapped up that the fact that back then there was more racism and such like that. Now we're
1: not talking about any particular things. You're totally talking about connection to God. That's That's it.
0: Yeah. One is not connected with the other. They, you know, the the belief in God did not cause racism and racism did not cause the belief in God. It's all nonsense. Okay. I'm focusing simply on the belief in God. And what if we had that? Okay. I, I put it to you, Ari, that our whole system of laws would look very, very different. Why? Because we would know this law doesn't make any sense. It's not, it's not important. Most of these laws that we have on the books, they're just not important. Some of them are, are downright destructive, like Roe v. Wade, of course, like this transgender bathroom, like, to a lesser extent, gay marriage. But the first two that I mentioned, very destructive to society. It, it creates great confusion. Uh, minimum wage, all these things, it, it doesn't make sense to, to have this. So, uh, a, a society that believed Very predominantly in God And had that as a central, a central nature of, the, of their belief system We wouldn't have a lot of this crap I, and, I, I, and we would instead be going As you said uh, Toward f- the finding of God
1: So you're making the profound argument That if people lived Virtuous lives on their own Motivated by their own pursuit of a connection A deeper connection to their creator We wouldn't need laws That regulate virtue that's in as right. many
0: numbers as oh, we do, yes, very, very well said. Exactly Q.E.D. Right. Q.E.D. Yeah, because no, that's what they do. They try to mic drop. They, they they claim, they proclaim that that Christians and presumably Jews, along with them, that we're trying to legislate morality, right? When exactly the reverse is true, they're the ones doing it, legislating virtue, to use your phrase. They want to do that because that's all, they, that, that's all they can do. They discovered that, you know what, you actually do need to legislate virtue if you don't have God in your lives. If everyone is, is an atheist, guess what? You've got to work really hard to make sure that no one you know, threads that line or, or goes through all these loopholes. A, a true believer in God knows that he cannot do dire- indirectly what he cannot do directly, right? So, for example, uh, using a very a crass thing, we, we know that that, um, um, that murder is uh, illegal and very bad and all those good things. It's, it's certainly one of the commandments. But
1: let's say— That was a great line by a lawyer. We all know murder is very <laughs> bad. Right. Yeah, That's Understatement right. murder, of um, bad. Of idea. Right.
0: Good point. <laughs> but let's say there's no Ten, com- no ten Commandments. And, and okay, now we make a rule saying you cannot murder somebody. Uh, you cannot kill um, unlawfully, whatever it is. So you say, okay, well, I, I hate this guy. We'll call him John. John really has made my life miserable, and I want to kill him.
1: Yeah, but... he gives me dirty looks every day.
0: Right. <laughs> but you can find ways to kill him without causing his death directly, right? You can say, hey, uh, you know, you, you, for example, you can do what D- David did with Ariah, uh, with, um, right? You can tell him, hey, uh, John, you got to come over here, and you got to check out this, this protest. And you get him to, to land right there, and you, cl- you proclaim that he is, uh, I don't know, uh, you know, in a radical pro-Muslim group that that hates Jews and Israelis, and and just accuse him of being an Israeli, like, and he hates you all. Okay, bye, and yeah. let them kill him, right? And then he walks away. I didn't do yeah, it. You go what? I didn't do it. I anything. didn't do nothing. Right. Right. So <laughs> then you might get him on something else, like inciting, you know, inciting to riot or something like that. But that's another story.
1: Yeah, but, but it'll the murder. It them time to write that law. Yeah, exactly. So be, because it, here's such a profound point: the Ten Commandments. Supersedes human behavior. Right, it takes, it predicts, and takes care of almost all human behavior. It would encompass that all potential uh, gradation of sin, big and little, in many ways, from ignoring your parents and not calling once a week to murder. right? Right. If you live in the the construct you just said, the hypothetical godless construct. The machina- the 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 wheel the slow wheels of government would have to wait until every specific situation happens to then slowly work it through legislative action right. until that specific circumstance is that's a, right okay so we got that law about when there's a Muslim protest you accuse the guy of being a right. Jew now that's illegal exactly <laughs> right and,
0: and, and, but, but what if it's not a Muslim situation it's a <laughs> Tibet situation or you know yeah. it'd be hysterical right so. But but it, it's one who is fully consumed with God in his life knows that that's still murder all the same. You you wanted that action. You directed that action to happen, and you essentially caused it. Whether despite it not being your actual hand that killed John in, in my example, same thing with theft, same thing with lying, uh, and and other deceit. Uh, there's there's um, a deceit of uh, commission and there's there's deceit of omission. Right. You don't tell somebody something that might be. Material to that. Yeah, to like the. I
1: cut your brake lines.
0: Right, exactly. Well, I didn't kill him. Well, I, didn't, I didn't kill him.
1: Man. I didn't tell him to drive the car. I didn't know he was gonna
0: <laughs> <to> drive it. <laughs> That's right. But but okay, so you got the idea. So it's it's very destructive. Um, and an atheist will turn around and say, because I because I know how they think about it. What are you talking about? We want the best for the world. We're logical people. That's what they're gonna say in response. And in fact, we're more logical than you. And I put it to you, Ari and Barack that atheism is far more logical and therefore far better for society. Now, you can turn that logic very easily. Uh, can anyway, I, May I? Yeah, please, please go ahead. I, well,
1: well, that's, that's so give simple. Me the logic. Give me the logic. That's so
0: simple. No one was more logical than the Nazis. Yeah, there you go.
1: Right? No one was more logical than, than Paul Pot, who orchestrated the killing fields. It was logical to remove these people from existence because they were preventing the revolution. Right. The Nazis saw these people as as needing to be removed from existence so that we could have a a genetically pure future. Right. They were weaker.
0: They were weaker, or you know, this is in their terminology, of course. They were weaker. uh, They had uh, uh, uh,
1: undesirable, um,
0: seditious views. Uh, undesirable traits may, might be gay or schizophrenic or Jewish, of course. Or
1: they were imposing God's belief on the people by right. existing and reading us their Torah, right. distracting they, they, us with their get, fantasies.
0: They're getting in the way of the big plan. Okay, So it's logical. But but even then, you can say, well, that's, you know, Barack. that's <laughs> that's inherently evil anyway. And, and to which we say, why? Why is it? Isn't that whole might-makes-right thing? Isn't that what the survival of the fittest is all about? Right? The weaker among your your, your pride or your, your pack of, of any kind in the animal kingdom, they die. Okay, that's, that's the way it works. And, and that's that's okay with the rest of the pride because that's the way it works.
1: It strengthens everyone, it's, yeah. it's for the collective. Yeah. And if I want to make a quick point, All right, point that's important, ahead. I think, which is if our, our liberal Democrat atheist friends react in horror and go, well, that's the Nazis, uh, we would never do that in our society, I respond with two examples, really? then what's a Planned Parenthood clinic?
0: Yeah. Well, that's... uh, First of all, I agree with you, but the atheists will say that's very different. Okay? We're talking about the right to choose and the right to do with... A woman to do with her own body as she pleases. They've got their argument there. I agree with you, but I don't... We have stronger arguments. Here's... uh, an even kind of a a corollary argument to what you said about the Nazis, because you're right. They were very, quote-unquote, logical. I say that in air quotes. Uh, But what about... All these people that saved the Jews and the, uh, the weak, for that matter, from the Nazis, that wasn't logical, my friends. None of it was logical. Uh, it was far more sensible for them to simply go along with a program and convince themselves. And not hey,
1: risk their own lives. Yeah,
0: that's right. Yeah. Uh, look, and, and if you think this is, hey, well, wait a minute, these are extreme circumstances and the Nazis were in a bizarre moment in history with one evil man who managed to influence everyone. Okay, fine. But it also applies in the ordinary day-to-day life. Logic can be used about anything. You can convince yourself, for example, that um, you should kill your Colleague at work, because you see that he's going to uh, be promoted. Okay, and and again, this is a godless world where nothing matters and there's no morality. Okay, because by definition, there's no morality. No morality if you don't believe in God. Uh, I can see all the arguments. What are you talking about, Barack? You know that there is morality. No, and really where from? why where would you get your morality? But that's another story.
1: Yeah, what what so, what astronomical accountability system is there right, if exactly. not this?
0: Right. So okay, so you you are a colleague at work, okay? And you're gunning for this promotion. And you really need this promotion. Why? Well, you know it happens that you kind of borrowed a little uh, money from this guy named guido because you were hoping to you have a gambling problem but you really need damani okay and this promotion is going to give you damani that you lost in las vegas but that's the reason why okay and this guy he doesn't have any kids you have four kids hungry mouse to to feed and you're a little bit older than him and it's your turn by golly and yes this guy might be a little bit better uh, at at your job or so he's perceived. Well, I don't know if he's really better, but I don't know. And and you know what he he needs to, you know, I, I think he slighted me the other day and and I think that he needs to go because that's the logical thing to do. Get him out of the way. It's might, makes right. I want him out. Okay, and, and he'll he'll be fine. He'll land on his feet if, you know, maybe I won't kill him. I'll just I'll just poison the boss against him. I'll pretend as if somehow, I'll put something in his, um, on his computer suggesting, let's say, child porn, or, some, or just regular porn for that matter, so that he gets fired. How about that, right? Gets fired. Oh, too bad about David, it's, oh, who knew? And David will be, will be fine, he's, he's single, he doesn't have any mouths to feed. That's where logic gets you, my friend, okay? And don't tell me that that's, that, that, that's not a, a perfectly logical statement. Everything that I've done is, is logic, so don't be too impressed with logic.
1: Well, also, the very nature of God requires an illogical leaf of faith to believe in what you cannot see, to believe in something that is so close at hand. It's there all along if you're finally willing to see. But yeah. that's where we—you're yeah, well, being this, asked to engage in moral virtue that goes against every human logic in the, the base animal world. In the base
0: animal world, yes, absolutely. But, but the atheists will, will disagree with you. And, and even I, to some extent, disagree with you. Only because, unlike a lot of our listeners, I never came to God through faith. Uh, not, even, not even a smidgen of faith. I, I wish I did. Don't get me wrong. I wish I did. My wife and I both believe in God. She came to God through faith. And because, you know, that's the way she was raised in, in, in the Jewish tradition. But, you know, she believed because she believed. And, and now she b- begins to appreciate God a little bit more because she's an adult. But I, I, for one, faith was never the reason for me to believe in God. I had to come to it. It had to make sense to me.
1: But is the faith there now?
0: No. No. I, 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 the faith that I have now is the same faith that I have that you're in front of me. Uh, the, the evidence is, is clear that Ari David's in front of me. And that you, there's an iPhone next to you. There's a, a, a cup of water next to you. Those things... are are the same level of faith
1: okay then let's have some conflict here because it's always fun when we disagree Mm -hmm. why do you love your wife is that is it purely logic or is there a faith-based element of why i love this person beyond my uh primal attraction has nothing to
0: do with faith I, i i my love comes to her from something that god has given me the notion of love the notion of beauty uh and my free will all wrapped up together and and uh I think it transcends my and, and God has helped me meet my wife, and I love her, but it 's not a question of faith I, I I see why you asked that question, but it 's not a question of faith to me. It is one of the tools that God has given me, and I love her for it, but faith is not not an issue it's just not and and it's okay well and, and i be, and and to the great credit of Christianity and Catholicism in particular, you know they Catholicism gave us science. That's the thing. It, it, it just, it broils, what's the expression? It really gets my, you know, noggin or whatever that people say. I always love this expression. But it really gets me when people say, I'm a man of science and you, you can have your religion if you want. And if you want to have this cognitive dissonance in your own head, Barak and Ari, be my guest. But <laughs> I'm a man of science. Science is my God if you want. Um, and that's where, you know, wherever the science leads me, that's where I go putting aside that they never go where the science actually does uh, tell them to go, um, I I say, are you kidding? This is all backwards. Christianity gave us science and uh, and really impelled us towards science. It gave us the university. Did you know that? Most people don't know that. It gave us schools as we think of it today. It wasn't Islam. It wasn't the Greeks. It wasn't the Romans. It was... The, the Christians that, that gave us this notion of that everyone should be educated. And the, the notion, of course, to educate them toward God, of course, but math was included, reading, history, the sciences, all of that was essential. Christianity gave that to us. Did you also know that they gave us hospitals, right? Before before Christianity, there was no such thing as a hospital. I mean, it was, it's really quite extraordinary. And even today, you, you look at a hospital, what are the chances that it's— uh, Named, you know, Saint um,
1: This or Saint That. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, our Our hospital of the Good Atheist. No, it's it's Saint Jude's, um, Sinai, uh, such and such. Yeah. Hospital. Jewish
1: names, Christian names. Right. Yeah. That's
0: that's what it is. I wonder why. Oh, could it be there's a historical reason for that? Yes. And and why did these popes want science? Like, I mean, that's the funny thing is. They wanted science more than the atheist ever wanted science. Right. Well, I've there's no always, point to it. Well, this is one of yeah. the dangers of atheism because, and, and, and that's where I want to get here, is that there's no need for science. There's so, no need for discovery without God. That, so don't you making, get that?
1: You're making the argument that there is no great, and I know you've done this before, there is no greater leap of faith. Devoid of logic than atheism. Right. And true.
0: That's, that's right. And I'm
1: making the argument that the leap of faith is important. And who cares if we disagree on the method here, because we're both arriving at the same. Right. God is important thing. I find science uh, buttresses my faith. Yeah. And I find that the leap of faith into God wasn't for me necessary. It's a slightly different
0: experience. Well, we've talked about logic. We've talked about science. Confirms it. That science is God. God is science. Uh, meaning not that we 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 uh we elevate science and thank you e equals mc squared no 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 it's that god gives us science as a tool with which we can find him right we would not understand the big bang without e equals mc squared right we 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 just couldn't po- or, or the invention of the telescope that the notion of exploring radiation, background uh, noise in the universe. Those are the things and wavelengths and everything else that taught us that there must have been a Big Bang. Science got us to the Big Bang, which in turn we found is consistent with the Torah, which tells us that there was a Big Bang. There was a beginning of the universe, which everyone, every scientist, was kicking and screaming not to accept. They, They did not want it. Okay, that's that's the basic part of it. Science is critical to the religious belief system, and and the the atheists will try to say as a as a given that the the religious wanted to suppress science, they wanted to hold it back, and, and they're just dead wrong on that. On the contrary, they they were perfectly fine with the earth circling around the sun and not vice versa. They did not. Um, uh, exile uh, Galileo because of that. They, they, they want you to believe that, but it's not true. Yeah. Do you know the real reason why they excommunicated Galileo? Because after he f- discovered that the earth went around the sun, the church was saying, hey, that's very interesting. Cool. Okay? And, and they just wanted truth. That's it. And they got truth. But Galileo then decided that he was going to reinvent the Bible consistent with his personal views He was a little bit of a nut. And that's why they excommunicated him. Because when you try to change the Bible, that is a a crap up with which the church would not put. right? And I gave an example in my book of saying, I think that's reasonable for them to excommunicate Galileo under those circumstances. Imagine if you're Steve Jobs, right? And you've created this wonderful thing called the iPhone and all the computers. And some guy says, hey, you know what? I'm just a clerk here and I'm getting paid here but I'm really smart and I'm going to change the entire operating system without you knowing about it. And and I'm going to impose this on you. Like Steve Jobs will say, you're fired, right? That's the same thing as excommunicating. That's what the church was doing. But this, this notion that somehow, you know, that the church and the science are at odds with one another. Are you kidding? The church gave us science, you fools. The Greeks gave us logic but the church gave us real science, the, the way we think of it. This, this notion that we, we must do whatever we can to learn more and more and more. You, you, really, you, you really think that the, the church, would have created the university so that, so that we could squash science? On the contrary, they're the ones developing all this stuff. The, 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 the main guy who f- discovered the Big Bang was a, was a priest. You, and, and he's more devout than ever. Wouldn't you be? I mean, that's how I got to God. I said, my goodness, you know, you, you see the Big Bang, you've, been, you've learned it all your life, and then to discover that science backs that up? Like, oh my God. It, it only goes to show that God has given us science so that we can find him. That's the point. And if you're an atheist, and one of the dangers of atheism is that it tells you, don't think. It's exactly the opposite of what they claim. It literally tells you, don't think. Okay, there, when they say, oh, I'm a man of science, and I'll, you just ask them why. You're here for 70, 80, if you're lucky, 90 years on the planet. What do you give a crap about, about the next 100 years or 200 years from now or 300 years from now? That's why I know, by the way, that climate change is garbage. Because they, they profess, all these atheists profess to give a crap about the way the earth is going to be underwater 50 years from now. They don't give a crap about that. That's, an atheist doesn't really give a crap about it
1: And then the real confirmation is And why are they buying all this Beachfront real estate if they're so afraid of flooding oh, That's
0: true too um, So you, you've got this And the sciences, and they dismiss it And and they have very dismissive tones about it I don't care, science will discover the language And they, they have this Kind of in their bailiwick Of common responses But they don't actually have meaningful responses well, it was- they, they don't care to, to delve into the science let me, let me make my last point on this point crystal clear, because it's one of my favorite chapters in the book. Have you noticed, especially when you go to Europe, uh, you see these old cathedrals. They're, they're really majestic, so beautiful, right? And you learn that these cathedrals took 700 years to build. You know, the cheaper models were only 300 years to build, okay? Uh, you know, the, the Grand Deluxe, 1,000 years to build. But you get the idea but what does that mean? I mean, think about this, Ari. The people who started building it knew that they would never see the end of this construction. Right? Never. Okay? They, they, and not only that, but their children wouldn't see it. Their grandchildren wouldn't see it. Nobody that they knew or in their family would ever hope to see it. They, they were building this so that some strangers, 10 generations, even 12 generations, hence, would enjoy it. Okay, so think
1: about that. Well, I think, I think you've sort of wait, wait. undercut yourself. Let me just make one clarifying yeah, point, which is forget the people building it. They were just, they, they were just people who needed a job, right? right. Fine, I'm, I'm just carrying stones here. The people who designed it, and the people who paid for it would never see it.
0: Well, exactly right, exactly right. (laughs) And money was expensive back then. Oh, it it goes (laughs) goes beyond uh, anything. I mean, it's really quite extraordinary, right? Right. These people, all those people that you're talking about, including the builders, they had a sense of the future with a capital F. And that's a big deal. Try today going to the city of Santa Monica, for example, not known for its very conservative views, and saying, I'd like to build a building... Um, around Seventh and Fourth and Broadway, and uh, oh, very good, sir. What we'd like to do it, uh, you know, basic commercial use. How long do you think uh, you'll need uh, for this? Seven hundred years? <laughs> can, you, can you imagine yeah, seven hundred? Think- friggin- the clerk yeah. would, would would you know put down his reading glasses. Like, excuse me, sir. Excuse- Say that again. Seven hundred years. Yeah. They wouldn't let you. They would laugh at you if you had said seven years, not just seven hundred. They would laugh you even more extraordinary if you say 70 years. But 700, it, it would be inane. What matters today is today. And that's what matters to the atheist. Today. It has always only been today. And if you challenge them, challenge them exactly on that point, that, that you have no future to really concern yourself. Atheism is about nothing. There's nothing inherently within atheism that... That seeks a bold future. There's no reason for it. And you, well, I want it for my grandchildren and for Why? Why do you care about your, your children at all? Why, why even have children in the first place? Okay, that's another danger of atheism. And, and like in those infomercials, right? But wait, there's more, right? So there's, there's more dangers toward atheism. And again, I'm saying that there's nothing inherent within atheism that, that projects the need for a legacy that a sense of security, a sense of passion. these are the, They're not within atheism. The individual atheist may be passionate. The individual atheist may care about other people. The individual atheist may want a family or even a big family. It's rare, by the way, but I don't, I've never met an atheist who wants a big family. But, But that's not consistent with atheism itself. Atheism is about nothing, literally about nothing. There is no belief system that goes with it. And, and an atheist will, whatever he wants out of atheism, he's borrowing from Christianity and Judaism. Right? He, he wants people to be nice to each other. Why? Why should he? Well, other than his own protection. Right? I, mean, I suppose that's the main reason why he would want it. But that's not what atheism teaches. Christianity and Judaism teach all those things. Christianity and Judaism have a sense of the future. They have a sense of purpose. Right? You don't have that in atheism There is no purpose in atheism Literally no there, And there's no passion What's to get passionate about? That there's z- literally zero It's the concept of zero That, that animates all atheists Because that's, that's the only thing That can be there So uh, and it, it erases all free will You have to reject the notion of free will There can be no meaning to beauty There can be no meaning to music And surprise, surprise, our culture reflects that, Ari. Look at any modern art museum today, and you'll see literally crap in some circumstances, and figuratively crap in other circumstances. Okay, like a canvas that's all purple, or different shades of purple, and you're supposed to pay $10,000 for this, or a big rock at LACMA, right? And, and we're supposed to all be kind of rubbing our chins and saying, isn't this wonderful? Isn't this genius? How so? There's nothing to it. And it's it, because it's about nothing. It doesn't aspire. So our art doesn't reflect any aspirations. It doesn't reflect a notion toward God, which is what art uh, in a Christian and Jewish world used to do. Everything was about God. Everything was about purpose. Or even if it wasn't about God specifically, it was about a historical moment. And if it wasn't about a historical moment, it was about exploration of love and beauty itself, which are, which are gifts from God. Same thing with music. Look at the music world today. It's, it's, uh, it's really quite lacking. In, in a world where there's just a rap beat, that's all that matters is beat, beat, beat. There's no melody that transcends like the song Hey Jude or Mozart or Tchaikovsky or Dvozhak, who, you know all of whom I, I like very much. But these are, they're very, there's very little elevation. And there's no need for elevation because elevating to what is the question. Why would you want to elevate? All you want as an atheist is just to be comfortable. For this life, while you're here on this merry-go-round, thank you very much, leave the popcorn on the floor. Okay, as they say, using it from a movie theater, right? You go to a movie theater, you're there for for the two hours, you're escaping, you're enjoying it, credits roll, you're out of there. That's the way the atheist should view and must view life itself. Okay, you're done, the movie's done leave the popcorn on the floor for somebody else to pick up. And that's the problem with the atheism, my friends. And there are so many other dangers associated with it. Most importantly, that when you are an atheist and there is no God in your life, anything is possible. Don't believe me? You still believe that religion is, is the greater source of evil than anything else? Well, then just look to the 20th century, my friends. And that is hundreds of millions of people, all dying, yes, because of atheism. Not in the name of atheism, but because of atheism. And never before in history had we ever seen that with Christianity or Judaism. The Inquisition and the Crusades, oh, that's nothing. That's a drop in the bucket, my friends, and it had nothing to do with Christianity. Talk to you next week.